church this morning, isn't it? Amen. If you're glad you're saved, say amen. amen. And I trust that by the time you leave here, if you're not saved, that you will be. Amen. And I'm grateful for the good Lord this morning. I appreciate the Spirit of God already working in my heart in this place. Appreciate everything that's been said. And let me make mention of this too. Welcome to all of those that are viewing by Facebook Live. However they view, there's a lot of folk that tune into that. I later saw and viewed that, so we want to welcome them. We are grateful to be here this morning. I don't know about you, but I came looking for the Lord to do something for me. And if you came looking in that kind of mindset, you will not leave disappointed. I'll be honest with you. I've never seen a soul that was seeking him that he ever didn't touch. Not once. And if you came here this morning looking for him and can't find him, you'd be the first throughout eternity. Amen. Appreciate the Lord and all of his goodness and his grace. And I'm excited about what this service holds. We're looking forward to it. Brother Terry's going to come, sing us to lead us in congregational. You pray for the service this morning that the Spirit of God would meet with us today. Come on, brother. All right, let's all stand. Page 319. So after we finish this song, the ushers, y'all come on up.
everybody doing today? Good. Oh, good, good. You're a good uh, looking group of people this morning. I'm having a wonderful morning myself. Got a few announcements here that I want to go over. Uh, let's see. So very first thing is, uh, remember, right after service uh, today, uh, we are going to go in conference, and we're going to do a vote uh, on uh, Brother Jay this service, uh, after the service this morning. Uh, so uh, at that particular point in time, Brother Terry will go into a little bit more detail about that. Uh, let's see, choir practice for the youth is in here uh, this morning after that, so please remember that, youth choir practice this morning. November the 4th, we've got the officer's banquet. We are going to the carriage house in Jefferson, uh, so meet at the carriage house at 5 o'clock, okay? Or here at 4. Or, or here at 4, so we are going to do that. Okay, here at 4 or at the carriage house at 5. Uh, let's see, adult choir practice on November the 5th. That's going to be at 4 o'clock. 
So adult choir practice November the 5th at 4 o'clock. Uh, my wife wanted to uh, ask that uh, every uh, lady that has a journal that has requested something put on the front of it, some kind of decoration or whatnot, please get with her after service today. Um, so I heard talk to you about that. Uh, we also have a request. Uh, Harvest Baptist is going to uh, start their jubilee. They're going to start it this Monday at 7 p.m. and Tuesday through Thursday at 10, 10 a.m. in the morning and also at 7 p.m. as well. So if you want to go to that, Harvest Baptist uh, starting this Monday. Uh, and one last thing, please remember, uh, we are trying to uh, get a small prayer group together before we start every Sunday and Sunday evening and uh, Wednesday. So uh, please be here, men and ladies. Please, please be here by 9.30 uh, Sunday morning. Uh, and you'll be here for Sunday school if, uh, if you do that. So that'd be great in, a, in and of itself. Uh, 4.45 uh, Sunday evening uh, for a prayer group and 5.45 on Wednesday. All right, thank you very much.
in page 184. song sister carolyn is going to have surgery thursday and she asked my wife to see if anybody could sing this for her this morning and uh so me and julie's got together my voice is about gone but y'all pray for us and this is for sister carolyn sister carolyn we love you and we're praying for you that god be with you through your surgery so. of life's journey but he'd been holding to God's hand a long, long time and as he knelt 
beside his bed My heart was thrilled at what he said If I go or if I stay The victory's mine I'm a winner either way If I go or if I stay If I go, none of us really know about tomorrow. We must prepare to go to heaven any day. track um i called my sister-in-law lynn a couple of weeks ago and talked to her and she was having a little bit of a rough day and uh, lynn if you notice hadn't been here for quite a while she's taking care of her mama um, miss carolyn and uh, so this song is not only for miss carolyn but this is for all the caregivers out there who take care of their mothers uh, miss sue took care of her mother Miss Bobby Warren took care of her husband, and Miss Bobby and Tammy still take care of their mother. So if you're a caregiver out there and uh, you're going through hard times, this song is just for you. Now I'm not a rich man with diamonds to bring. And I'm not one for saying I can do anything Cause I'm nothing, nothing but no one I'm just one more grain of sand Except for the touch of the master's strong
footsteps may falter too wide, a gulf to span, except for the touch of the master's strong hand. If you've searched for an answer and you cannot comprehend if those everyday burdens seem to come without end if your life seems so hopeless and you're helpless to stand just wait for the time of the master strong about his touch and it excited her when she thought she might just to get to catch another glimpse just see him again she said I I beheld him through the lattice said said I looked through and that's how we see we see through a glass darkly we don't see the full picture yet brother Terry we we can't see him in all of his glory just yet but from time to time the unseen hand will reach down and squeeze on you. And this morning, I appreciate every time in my little journey, my little life, my, my little veil of tears, when he's just reached down the master's strong hand and touched my heart. This morning, I'm glad to report to you, if you need a touch of the master's strong hand, you can get it today. If you need help from him, you can get it today. Sinner friend, I'm here to tell you, if you need a touch, oh, he, he, he lifted me up. He picked me up out of the miry clay and set my feet on a solid rock. I'm telling you, if you and I went back over all of our life and just seen the places that we couldn't see where God's strong, mighty, unseen hand moved in our life, we'd be up on these pews shouting this morning. Thanking God for the goodness of God. I'm grateful this morning. The only reason I've made it thus far is because 
He's held me in the palm of his hand. And I don't deserve that. I've not been good enough for that. I've not lived good enough for that. I've not lived clean enough for that. I've not lived strong enough for that. I've not prayed enough for that. I've not read my Bible enough for that. That's grace. And that's mercy. And I'm grateful for the hand of God this morning. She's going to sing that second verse and chorus again. If you need to wear these altars out this morning, they're wide open. Go ahead and sing for us. Brother Jay, in Psalms 139, he tells us, whether should I go from thy spirit or flee from thy spirit? If I ascend up into heaven, if I ascend up in heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. You hang on to that. Lord, as a Christian, hang on to that. If you've searched for the answer and cannot comprehend, if those so hopeless and you're helpless to stand just wait for the touch of the master's strong hand oh I feel of the master's Yes, I feel 
Thank God. Thank God. Thank you, sisters. That's wonderful. Don't you appreciate the good singing this morning? Good touch of the Lord. Appreciate His grace. The book of Mark this morning. The book of Mark. The gospel of Mark. The gospel of Mark, chapter number 10. The gospel of Mark, chapter number 10. And we'll begin our reading in verse number 17. And we'll read 10 verses this morning. I want to ask the, those of you that are here this morning that are saved and know the Lord, that you would seek the Lord. I have a burden this morning to, uh, to, to preach to the lost. And you say, Brother Jay, that's unique this morning for this particular service. Well, if I tried to figure the Lord out uh, at everything He's ever done in my life or what He's had me do, I'd, I, I, I tell you what, you know, it, it's His mercy, His grace, how He leads, how He guides. That's His business this morning, church. It's just our business to be obedient to Him. And we need His help this morning. And I pray if you've came this way and you know the Lord that you felt His touch this morning, and I pray that you have a desire for others to know Christ. I hope and pray that if, that if, if that, that Christ has so changed your life, so changed your heart, brought so much joy, peace, reconciliation, justification, redemption, righteousness to your life, that we would have a desire that God would change the lives of those around us this morning. So we want to look to Him in this Gospel of Mark chapter number 10, and I long for your prayers. And if you have came this morning and you don't know the Lord, and you've never uh, came to Him, I, I would ask that you be sensitive and hear the Word of the Lord. Don't hear my Word. You don't have to hear the deacon's words. You don't have to hear the teacher's words. But I pray that you would hear the words of Christ. Mark chapter number 10 and verse number 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Verse 18. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? But there is none good but one that is God. 19, verse 19, Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And verse 20, listen now, And he answered and said unto him, Master, all of these things have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, if you were here Wednesday night, you'll get these next two words. One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. 
And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? Verse 27, and Jesus looking upon them saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. I like that this morning. <laughs> For with God, all things are possible. Let's read that one, verse one more time. And Jesus looking upon them saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. Let's read this together, church. For with God, all things are possible. Father in heaven, thank you for your mercy this morning. I ask, Father, just for a few moments that the touch of the Spirit of God would be evident and apparent in this place. So that when we walk away, Father, we wouldn't say that it was the teachers, the staff, that it was the, the singers, Lord, uh, those in eldership and in leadership in this place. Father, that we would not say it was the preacher or his sermon, but Father, we would say it is Christ. I ask this morning, Father, that you would see fit to glorify yourself. Cleanse me and make me a vessel Meet for the master's use. I pray that you would just pour out of me onto this congregation. Father, I have nothing of myself and no ability. Lord, you know that my knowledge of the English language and how to sway crowds are, is not strong enough. Father, I don't even know how to give an invitation. But Lord, this morning, might you do how you've done for so many in this place. Reach down into the hearts of those that stand in need of you. And draw them with cords of love to your precious side. I ask, Father, that you would lift Christ up in our heart and in this place. That the Spirit would send his aid this morning to us as we endeavor to lift Christ up. For, Father, you said if you be lifted up, you'll draw all men unto you. And I pray this morning that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatsoever you see fit to do, Lord, help us to turn around and give you thanks. Thank you for what you've done this morning. And I pray that you'd continue to do and have your work and have your free course. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that you said to pray in, the name which is above every name, and that at this name every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. We ask these things that you would receive glory for it's in the name of Jesus. We do humbly pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. The book of Mark, chapter number 10. I want to make a few observations about this text, if you'll bear with me this morning. And I have a great desire in my heart to see someone saved. 
I have a great desire in my heart for these baptismal waters to be stirred. And I have a great desire in my heart for God to stir in your heart. You see, I, I can't persuade you to make a decision this morning. I can't twist your arm for you to come to Christ. But there is one, the blessed Holy Spirit of God, who can talk you in, who can persuade you to look into Jesus. Let's make a few observations about this text, and we'll go on with the service. This young man and our precious Lord come to a conjunction. They come once to each other. This morning, with the Lord's help, I'm preaching on this subject, the same message title that we preached Wednesday night, because it hasn't changed for the Christian, and this morning it doesn't change for the lost soul. The one thing, one thing this morning, the Bible references that in verse number 21, Jesus beholded him, loved him, and saith, one thing thou lackest. What is that one thing? Well, let's take a look. Let us observe this morning from the text about this rich young ruler that uh, he was moving in the right direction. We've got to be honest about that. Let's not beat him up too awful bad because he did make a move in the direction of Christ. And this morning, I want to applaud you for coming to the house of God. You've made a good move this morning. You've made a good move and in the right direction of coming to the house of God. Not only did he move in the right direction with haste, but uh, excuse me, did he move in the right direction, but he moved in the right direction with enthusiasm. He ran with haste. The Bible tells us in verse number 17, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running. Uh, notice not only the direction that he moved was correct. Notice not only the enthusiasm that he had, but notice the position that he had. He was a humble man. The Bible says in verse 17, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him. He bowed. He kneeled. So he came in the right direction. He came with plenty of enthusiasm. And he came humble. Let me, let's notice this from the text. That he was morally clean. Morally, Brother Ron, he was a good guy. Morally, Brother Terry, he didn't get out of the way. Morally, he had made the right steps because he later refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. All of these things have I observed from my youth. I've tried to do the right thing. Mama and Daddy whipped me and showed me what was the right way. They straightened me up when I got out of line. They showed me what to do, how to do, and how to react, and how to live, how to walk, how to talk, how to act like somebody. That's what basically what we're saying. That's what we're saying about this young man. He had basically, basically been taught how to act like somebody. Morally, he was clean. Verse 22 shows us that he was successful as far as earthly success goes. And may I remind you this morning that God's success, success and earthly success 
are not symbiotic. This morning, God's success and his estimation of success may not be what the politicians, the teachers, the business gurus, the motivational speakers, and those that surround us in the business world. It may not be the same thing. But he did have success, for the Bible tells us in verse 22, that he had great possessions. Great possessions. Let me say this as well. Lastly, about just noticing about this young man. He had a deep sense that he still lacked something. A deep sense that he still lacked something. For in uh, verse number 17, he said, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? This young man said this. He said, there's something that I don't have that I desperately need. And this morning, if you've made your way to the house of God, my dear friend, and found yourself seated in this place amongst the redeemed and the righteous, I would like to report to you that there is something that you lack. And I pray that if God, by his grace, would just for a few moments reveal to you your need of the one thing this morning. There was one thing lacking. That one thing was the thing. There was one thing that he yet lacked in his heart. He was morally clean. He came in the right way. He ran in the right direction. He ran with enthusiasm. He bowed his knees. He was successful. And he knew that he lacked something this morning. And the thing that he lacked was the one thing. Behind this young man's good works approach of salvation, there is a flawed, superficial, false view of five different things. Sin, man, the Bible, salvation, and Jesus Christ. Behind this man's good works approach of salvation, there was a flawed view of who the Lord was. May I tell you and report to you this morning that your good works will just simply not get it done. Your good abilities, your good morals, your good decisions will not get the job done this morning. Your morals are not the one thing. Your good choices are not the one thing. Your good situations are not the one thing. One thing lacks. Let's notice this this morning and we'll be brief. Firstly, notice the wrong perception of Jesus Christ in verse number 17. And when they were gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master. That's his approach to Christ was to call him good master. This word master in the Greek simply has a definition of one being a teacher. If the young man knew what and who Christ was, he would not alone have just called him a good rabbi. A good man, a good teacher, a good master. This, you see, this young man approached God even though he headed in the right direction and he bowed before God and before Christ in enthusiasm. 
he still approached the Lord Jesus Christ in the wrong way from the very start. You see, Christ is not just a good historical figure. Christ is not just a good prophet. The Hamas over there in Israel believed that Christ was a good man. The terrorists that blew up the towers on 9-11 believed that Christ was a good teacher. This morning, if you're going to approach the Lord, approach Him for who He really is. He is the very Son of God. The very God, the Son. Christ's clarity. In the next verse. He approached Christ wrong, but Christ's clarity. Secondly, He says, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Hear me this morning. Do you see it? Not only does this man not have the right perception of Christ, he does not understand goodness in what it is. You see, that's how depraved that we really are. Not only can we not see Christ for who he really is, but we don't even understand goodness. We don't even know the difference between good and bad. For there is none good if he would have known that. There is none good but God. And that's what Christ says. Why callest thou me good? See, this young man approached Christ as if he was a man. And then even though he was the man God, he was God the man. But this young man approached him as a man. Christ says, all right, well, first thing you need to know is that there's no good man. There's none that doeth good. There's none that knows to do right. And secondly, you need to know that the only good one is God. And if you would have approached me right, you would have known that I am God in the flesh. Amen. Have you not heard, I am the bread of life? Have you not understood, I am the resurrection and the life? Young man, only God is good, and the one you're talking to is He. God is the only one who can get you out of the mess that you're in. So don't approach Him like He's a good supplement to your life. Approach Him as though He is your Savior. And I'm not beating this up if this is on your profile or Instagram profile or Facebook profile. I don't even know who in here has Facebook profiles. And let me say this. If you've tried to add me and you've not been, uh, uh, what is it, received or followed back, I apologize. I, I don't get on it often, but to post about my wife and this, that, and the other. And, uh, and, 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 but, but, but I see so many times on Facebook profiles, Jesus, the biggest part of my life. But this morning, he's not just the biggest part of your life. If you know him this morning, he is your life. And my dear, my dear friend, if you do not know Christ this morning, if you approach him, approach him as though he is the only one who can help you. Because he is. 
We've got a world that's running after everything that's quote unquote good for help, for salvation, for freedom, for liberty. We've got so many people that are running after this or that or this or that. And it's not all bad, but there is only one that's good. That is Jesus Christ. Well, his wrong perception of Jesus Christ, it was off. Christ's clarity was spot on. And there's one thing you can know today. Look, I may mess up and say some words that I ought not say. I may, I may mess up and, and, and maybe miss some context that I should have seen, that I missed, that slipped my purview. But you can trust His Word in this place. You can trust Him. So what does Christ do? Well, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. He does what He does to every sinner that comes. Verse number 19, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Defraud not, honor thy father and mother. What does he do? He quotes to him the Decalogue. The two tables. God's standard of measurement. Christ points him to the schoolmaster. The law of God in the presence of whom no one can stand as clean. You see what's happening? The Lord Jesus Christ is going to show this young man that there is none good. No, not one. So he shows him the law. He breaks out the Ten Commandments and says, Okay, if you think you're all right, let's see how you measure up against this. And I'm here to report on this Sunday morning service that there is not one individual in this place in human form who can measure up to God's law. It gets you at every point. And what's amazing about the message of Jesus Christ What's amazing about what he had to say? Oh, hear me this morning. What's amazing about what he had to say in this text was do not commit adultery. And the young man probably poked out his chest and said, no, I ain't even married. Or, or no, I've never cheated on my wife. But Jesus said, the law says, if you, uh, if you commit adultery, uh, if you go into a woman, you've committed adultery. But Jesus said, if you look at a woman, and lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. Boom, sin, case closed. No argument. No way that we can stand upward against that. Do not kill. You say, but Jay, I, I've never killed. If, I, if, I've, if I've killed, I've maybe stood on an ant somewhere in an ant bed or crushed a bug. I don't know about y'all, but I hate house flies. I despise houseflies. We lived across a chicken house not too long back, uh, Charlie and I. Uh, we lived across from a chicken shack, and every now and then they'd open up them windows. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, buddy, them flies would come out. It was about a half mile down the road, and we were swatting flies all over the place. I can't stand houseflies, and I promise you I have killed some. 
What is this talking about? What's talking about? Don't kill your human. Don't kill your human brotherly kind. Don't kill those that are beside you. So I've never done that, Brother Jay. Oh, but Jesus said, the law saith unto you, if you murder a man, if you take a man's life, you've committed murder. But I say unto you, if you hate a man in your heart, you've committed murder. That's what Jesus said. Have you ever hated someone? You're a murderer. Are you listening this morning? Do not steal. Oh, I don't measure up against that when I like going up to Bob's Bait Shop upside the church parsonage growing up. Loved going up yonder. And I didn't have no money of my own, Brother Ron, so I'd sneak in there. And what would I do with them quarters that mom and daddy was saving up for vacation? I would steal those quarters. And I would go up, Brother Terry, and I'd get me an oatmeal raisin cream pie and a sun kiss and sit in my sin and eat that goodness, that great creamy little Debbie and that wonderful sun kissed while I stood condemned before the law of God. Are you listening? What am I saying, Brother Jay? No one can stand up against God's righteousness ordained and hope to be vindicated in front of Him. Hope to be vindicated in front of Him. The law can bring us to Christ, Brother Roach, but it cannot place us in Christ. What does the law do? The law will show you how dirty you are and how great in need of Christ that you are and how great in need of a Savior you are. But it won't lift one finger to save your soul. It's a schoolmaster. It leads us and shows us and places us on our knees before a mighty God. Hallelujah. Christ's sermon on the law is what he preaches to him. Who can stand before the great, terrible, perfect, good, and schoolmastering law of God? Fourthly, this morning, I'm hurrying. Oh, I've only been 20 minutes. Fourthly, this morning, in verse number 20, notice this with me. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things have I observed from my youth. Notice the young man's depravity. Do you see it? Not only is he saying, I've done all these things, I've not failed in keeping of the law, but he's still referring to him as master, as teacher, as rabbi. He still does not see Christ for who he is, the Son of God, God the Son, and the Savior of the world. He doesn't see him for the Prince of Peace. He doesn't see him as his only hope. And as long as you still rely on yourself, you'll never know him as Savior this morning. As long as you only see him as an additive and a good moral thing that somehow mixed and mangled into your life, you'll never know him as Savior. And this young man didn't see this. Man's depravity. Master, I've kept all these things. 
But I want you to notice something with me, and I'm done this morning. Verse 21. The look of love. Verse 21. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Christ, look, this is an interesting word. It beholding. It means that Christ fixed his gaze on this young man. Do you remember, child of God, the day that Christ fixed his gaze on you? Do you remember? Hallelujah. Do you remember the day that you were so lost? That you were so fearful and that you came with this same question this young man had. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And you remember when God, the Son, fixed His gaze on you, Christ looked and beheld Him in verse 21. Sinner, He's looking your way today. He's looking your way today. You, you, you see... He's orchestrated this service. He's orchestrated, Brother Terry. If I had my way, I would have dealt on this Sunday, Brother Terry. On this particular Sunday, I would have dealt with some different subject matter. You understand? But God orchestrated this in my heart Orchestrated the songs, what's Brother Terry been singing, what the specials have sung about the mighty hand of God, about being a winner either way, about what the choirs sing about this morning from congregations. The comforter has come. God has organized this service and he's looked your way. He's gazed your way. Oh my, I wouldn't turn him away. I wouldn't shun away from him. I wouldn't look away from his gaze. Friend, the look of love. He's shown you your need of him. He said one thing and I'm done. One thing thou lackest. Take note, Jesus addresses this young man's individual need. I love that, don't you? Not I, Barely any two testimonies I've ever heard is the same. Have you noticed that? Now, they have the same element. They have the same Savior. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That never changes. But everything surrounding that story, it's amazing how God works, isn't it? Hallelujah. One thing thou lackest, Jesus Addresses his particular need. Now notice with me. Verse number 22. This man was rich. The Bible says. He had great possessions. But in verse number 21. Jesus beholding him and loved him. And said unto him. One thing thou lackest. Go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast. And give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross, and follow me. Now, 
Was there anything that this man could do to save himself? No, that's not the point Christ is making. But Christ gets to where he's at. And that's what will happen to you when the Lord draws you to himself. Notice this man was rich. He tells him, sell it all. Liquidate your estate. Now think about that for a moment. Every possession, let me bring you up to our culture. Go home, sell your lands, sell your houses, sell your cars, sell the precious things you have, sell the heirlooms that you got from mom and daddy, sell your toys, sell and liquidate all that you have, Brother Roach, those deer stands, those guns. Young people, those PlayStations, those computers, those cell phones. Sell it all. You see, that bothered this man because he was rich. He had much. He had much. Number one. And number two, Jesus said, not only sell what you have, but give it away to the poor. It's one thing to liquidate because you've still got the liquidation. You hold the cash at assets. You've got the, you've got the capital. You've got the money in the bank. But it's another thing to go and sell everything you've got and then take all of that down here to Atlanta to those folks that are out on the side of the road that are homeless, broken, poor and say, here you go. Take everything I've got. Oh my. This man loved his position. He loved his riches. It was not the, it was not the next good action to do that he was comfortable with. But Christ said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to sell out, give away, and come. Stay with me. Liquidate every asset you have. Wouldn't that be enough to sell all my stuff? But Christ says, no, give it all away to the poor. Then you'll have heavenly treasure. And this man was not only rich, but he was a ruler. Secondly, Christ says, come, 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 come. Listen, church, I'm done preaching. But this invitation remains the same. Come unto me. All you that labor. And leave everything that you are behind. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying to this young man. Anything that you think you are. Anything that you think you've ever been. Anything you think you've ever done. Leave it all behind. And come and follow me. Sister Megan's coming to play softly this morning. And I'll close. He says, take up the cross in verse 21. Take up the cross and follow me. He was a ruler. He didn't want to be a follower. This man was an overlord. He didn't want the Lord. You see, this man wanted salvation on his terms, not the Lord's.
The last place people want to go is to die. Where was Christ headed? He was on his way to Jerusalem. To do what? To die, to suffer. That's the last place people want to go is to die. Oh, sinner friend, if you will come to die, you will live. What was it that the rich young ruler wanted? He wanted eternal life. He said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's what he was after. He didn't want to die. But tonight, excuse me, this morning, in order to live, you've got to die. What, what are you trying to say, Brother Jack? I'm trying to say, as the Lord is dealing with your heart, if you'll come to Him, He'll reckon you crucified with Christ, dead indeed unto sin, but alive to Jesus Christ, our Lord. I don't know who you are. Now, every time I go fishing, Brother, Brother Terry, it's been a while since I've been fishing. But when I go, I don't have a particular fish that I'm trying to that I'm trying to catch. Okay? I don't have a particular fish I'm trying to catch. When I go, I fish for any fish that'll bite. And last night I was sitting in my study. God had already placed this message on my heart earlier in the week. I was putting some final touches. I went and I bowed to pray. And I said, Lord, I, I don't even know who in there is going to need you. I don't know who's there that's going to need the who's Who needs to be saved? I don't know. See, that's God's business. It's not my business. My my business is to try to be as obedient to Christ as I can in preaching this word and be as faithful as I can be to Him. That's my business. That is to say, I can't help you. I can pray for you. I can pray with you. But I can't save you. But there is one one who will save you who's already looked your way who's already gazed at you with a look of love and beholding him loved him he's looked your way you see you don't understand what all has went in to getting you to this service you don't understand what all has happened. You say, how long has the Lord been coming after me, Brother Jay? There's that old song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. He's been thinking about you a long time. You say, Brother Jay, what do I do? on him.
repent. And what is this act that this man was doing? First of all, we know he didn't believe because he saw Christ wrong. And secondly, this repentance was what Christ was telling him. If you'll go sell to your poor, if you'll go sell, if you'll go give away, if you'll do this, that's an act of repentance. See, that's a turning against yourself and looking to Jesus. And faith in Christ is inseparable from this teaching. Faith in Christ. Looking to Christ and looking away from yourself. That's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about the gospel. What was the one thing that this man lacked? The one thing that this man lacked was the one thing that Mary chose. And it was Jesus Christ. He said, come and follow me. We're fixing to stand and we're fixing to give an invitation. Brother Terry's going to come prepare a song for us, please, brother. Let's all stand around the whole building with every head bowed and with every eye closed as they play softly. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Christ. I want to give you an opportunity to come to Him. You say, Brother Jay, what do I do? Just come. Just come and follow Him. That's what you do. Follow the leaning and the leadership of the Holy Spirit and do what He bids you to do. That's what you do. You follow Christ. As they prepare this song, you come this morning. Look to the Lord. You come, we'll pray with you this morning.